0: Today we are going to be studying 2 Timothy chapters 4, verses 1 to 4. When Paul wrote this letter to Timothy, he was in prison, he was in Rome, and he was awaiting for his execution, knowing that his end here on earth was near. His concern in this letter is about the preservation, about the passing of the Christian faith. And in the same manner, he is concerned that Timothy will be preserved in this faith in the ministry of the gospel. Paul wants to ensure that the words of the scriptures and the teaching of the apostles are passed on to the church And this is to be accomplished only by faithful teachers and preachers. In the book of Acts, we read about Paul's ministry. We read about his missionary journeys. And we read how he met Timothy when Paul was ministering to his grandmother and also to his mother, Louis and Eunice, and how they came to faith in Christ. This account, you can find it in Acts 15. Timothy later became a faithful companion to the apostle Paul, and some will call him and describe him as Paul's assistant or Paul's apprentice. He joined Paul in some of the journeys, And Paul sent him to different churches like we read in 1 Thessalonians 1 where he sent Timothy to check uh, check on the churches there. They were suffering great persecution. The relationship between Paul and Timothy was both ministerial and also was a really personal relationship. As Paul mentioned in his letter that Timothy was like a song to him. It's likely that Paul and Timothy's relationship developed over the years. In this letter, Paul is approaching the end of his time in the earth. He wants to make sure to leave Timothy with this final exhortation. Paul is taking the time to ensure that Timothy has a clear reminder of God's calling in his life. I want you to notice some feelings of loneliness in this letter. Paul was in Rome alone. He was in prison. He was in a terrible place. He was literally in chains. And he was likely in a cell or dungeon, exposed to the elements and with limited access to the people that he really loved, that he really cared, that he really ministered to. But as we read this letter, I want you to notice with this sadness and loneliness, we also see and hear a note of victory as Paul is entrusting his son in the faith, Timothy, to this with his final task. If you have your Bibles, please read with me 2 Timothy 4, 1-4. This is the word of the Lord. I charge you. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearance and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching by having itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will not turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into the myth. This is the word of God. And it's absolutely truth and it's given to us in love and for our good. This morning we are going to be studying these passages in three sections. First, we're going to be looking The authority of this charge, second, the charge itself, and thirdly, the reason for the charge. Let's explore the authority of the charge. If you have your Bibles with you, please read with me, uh, verse one. I charge you in the presence of God, and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing and His kingdom. I want you to look and see the language that the Apostle Paul is using in this verse. He's using a very formal language. He's stressing the seriousness, the urgency of the message. There is a general agreement among biblical commentaries. In fact, Paul here is using a legal, a courtroom language here. That is to be treated by Timothy with the importance given to an oath or to a promise. Paul mentioned witnesses to impress the importance of what he's saying to Timothy. Why do that? Simply so that he could understand the degree of importance of the charge that Paul was about to entrust him. Here we can see that he invokes God's, as a witness, to emphasize the truth of his message, we see how Paul, at no time, he's trying to use his own authority to motivate Paul to do the job. Instead, he's using God's authority. It's the knowledge that God, that Jesus will judge the living and the dead, and is in this authority in which the Apostle Paul addresses his son in the faith. He reminds him that everyone, with no exception, will be present before the Savior to give a final account of what they have accomplished in their lives. And Paul tells Timothy that if he is to consider himself to be a faithful servant, he must live this through in his life And this truth will lead him into action, just as the knowledge of the truth of the gospel caused the Apostle Paul to remain faithful in his teaching in the same way Paul wants to encourage his son in the faith to do the same. These instructions for Timothy are true in our time as they were true when they were written for Timothy himself. We see clearly how Paul is directly appealing to God's divine justice, and in this way he makes us see as the importance of the charge that he is leaving to Timothy. One commentator phrased it this way, it is God and to the anointing savior that Timothy, Paul too, of course, will have to render an account, and this is the Christ." who is about to judge, in a sense, even now, his approaching footsteps can be heard. He is on the way. Paul stresses the certainty of his coming and his impending character, but does not fix any day. Even though Paul and Timothy and many other pastors and teachers have gone before us, this charge still applies to us today as we continue to wait for Jesus' second coming. Paul faithfully thought about the second coming of Jesus Christ in his coming judgment through all his letters. And despite the time that has passed since Paul wrote his letters, the fact that Jesus will return is not any less true today than it was when Paul wrote these letters. Just like Paul and Timothy, I will have to give an account to God for my teachings. I will have to give an account of God for my preaching of his word and his truth. As well as my brothers in Christ who came and have gone before me, those who walk beside me and those who will follow me. And just as Paul remind Timothy, he also remind us that we are not alone in this church, that God is with us in this important task. Pastor Ligon Duncan describes this verse as the Apostle Paul wanting to impress upon Timothy, the seriousness of the church, and he say, He's administering here an oath. It's almost like Paul is taking Timothy into the divine courtroom, and he's swearing him as a minister. And as he administered this oath to Timothy, he calls on God to be the witness in order to stress the solemnity of his message. Now, let's move to the church itself. If you have your Bibles, please follow me, verse 2. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. We see how Paul stresses to Timothy that the word of God must be proclaimed in good and in bad times. We also see through Paul's use of the command, be ready, that the preaching of the word, that the preaching of God requires preparation, requires constant study of the word of God. But what exactly Paul means with the phrase, preach the word? Is this an accurate translation of the original text? Dr. Paul Jeon, An RTS professor explained this phrase using, preach the word is a summons for Timothy, the child, to continue the word of Paul, his father, who is unabashed in reiterating his unique appointment as preacher and apostle and teacher. The word refers mainly to the word of the gospel, namely that Christ came to save sinners This is the central content and aim of all preaching. Paul was an apostle, and as such, he was charged with preaching and teaching God's word. He made no secret of his responsibility in his letters, often referring to his, by calling by God to do this work. Here, he's reminding his son, In the faith, in the church, in the continue, this important task. Pastor Richard Phillips agrees with this position, and he states, to preach the word is to proclaim the gospel. True preaching is declarative and doctrinal. As pastors, we are ambassadors of God's word to men, and we must be faithful to proclaim God's word. Surveying the Bible, we see many examples of men who were called to herald, to proclaim, and to preach God's word to the people. We can read about Noah. We can read about Moses. We read the prophets, John the Baptist, the apostles, and of course, we can read about our Lord Jesus. These men, among others, faithfully proclaim the word of God and the true message of judgment and deliverance to the people, even during difficult times, and even for some of them when it meant danger and death for them personally. Continue in this verse, let us consider the phrase, be ready in season and out of season, In other words, what Paul is saying is we should be ready to preach the word of God at all the times. No matter the day or the time, every time that we can have the opportunity to do so. Paul is using a language that almost evokes a picture of a God who is always ready to no matter what. The instruction is that we must be ready in season and out of season. This expression contains a verb, the idea of being diligent, or better yet, to act urgently. There is a command in here, a pressure on us that we should always be on alert. There is an imperative, brother and sister. There is not a suggestion. Have you ever been asked? to do something, and your immediate response at that moment is, no. Maybe it's because you feel like you are not ready, and you don't want to do it badly, or you want to make a fool of yourself. Maybe it's because you have other things that are claiming your attention. This type of situation is what the Apostle Paul wanted Timothy to be prepared for, so that his immediate response will be, will not be no, but rather it will be yes, of course, I'm prepared, I'm ready and willing to preach the gospel at moment's notice. In our current times, pastors and teachers typically spend a lot of great deal of time preparing to preach and teach in the church in small groups, and in other ministries and environments. But Paul isn't talking about these formal teaching moments, opportunities. What about when you are in a small group discussion or simply talking with your neighbor or simply you are talking with a co-worker or when you are at home with your son or your daughter or a friend one-on-one and they have questions about difficult or challenging topics and have to do that have to do with God's word our faith or how any of that applies to current events or situations. Are you prepared for these times? Do you spend enough time in the word of God and in prayer? to know how to respond to someone's questions of doubts. Yes, we should absolutely be prepared for the big and formal opportunities to preach God's word in season and out of season. But we also need to be prepared to faithfully preach God's word even in those spontaneous conversations that we have every day of our lives. Paul concludes his words, saying, reproof, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Reading these words, I can help to think about one of my sons. I have three boys. Each of them have their own personality and their own character. I have learned over the years that each of them respond differently to teachings and disciplines. And as their father, I have learned how to communicate effectively with each of them. One of them, as a young kid, required me to give him directions with a commanding voice. And also, he responded better if I spoke to him in Spanish. If I say something in English, he will defy me. If he senses that I die have some doubt or hesitation, he will not listen to me, and he will ignore me and take the things into his hands. In the same manner, discipline it has to be expressed firmly, and sometimes require a louder voice to end his protests and against the discipline. Another of my sons, however. He will completely stop responding to me if I use a commanding tone voice with him. Instead, with him, I have to speak gently in order to get his attention and for him to listen and understand what I was saying. My boys, as you know, they're no longer young children, but they're growing into young men, and their needs of communications are different. And some of them are teenagers, and you parents of teenagers, you know the patient is needed in large quantities when you have teenagers. Just as with my sons in communicating with others, there is no one, no, no one size fits all to approach, to preach, and teach. Paul reminds Timothy that the word of God helps to rebuke, to reprove, and to exhort, but this must be done with patience. Matthew Henry correctly notes that all of us must be ready to share the gospel at all times to all people, you know, because you don't know, but the Spirit God may take hold of them. This means... That reproving, rebuking, and exhorting involved in this calling must be done with patience. Since people do not often respond positively the first time they, they hear the challenge of God's calling, let us passionately share God's gospel. And don't get discouraged if we don't see immediate response or results in doing the Lord's work. The charge that the apostle Paul made to Timothy is very direct and should be sensitive to this charge, not limited when we can preach the gospel, but realizing that this charge has a well-defined course. Preach the word or announce the message of the gospel and do it with our whole testimony in every aspect of our lives. Remember, people are looking at you. We always have to be an example of how to live for our Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, we are going to examine Paul's reason for giving the charge to Timothy. Verses 3 and 4 say, for the time is coming when people will not endure some teaching. By having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off to myth. We can see how the Apostle Paul here begins by saying, For the time is coming when people will not endure Sound teaching. Have you ever wondered if our society we are already living these moments? There are churches where the Bible is not preached and sometimes it's not even read during the Sunday services. Even in many churches that are faithful in preaching the Bible and have some doctrine, it is not uncommon to see. Some of its members live because they do not agree with all the biblical truths and doctrines. It is a small percentage of the world's population that tolerates sound doctrine. Is, this is not just today, either. We have seen through the church history there have been periods marked by heretical teachings. Paul's message brothers and sisters, it's very clear. He wants the the teaching is according to God's words that Timothy and us by extension must endure and continue preaching the true gospel of salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul understood that sin and depravity of the human being and reminds Timothy that the ministers of the world must be cautious. They, They must do work hard to defend the gospel and to take advantage of every opportunity that is presented to share God's word. Paul is concerned that people will not only come to the point where they will dislike and despise the sound doctrine, but he also feared that they will come to the point to hate the word of God. Paul continues pressing and impressing on this young pastor to remain faithful in the preaching of sound doctrine so that this teaching, he will be faithful to pass on to future generations. As I mentioned to you before, Paul feels that his time on earth is coming to an end. So this realization of his time being short is driving him to write this to Timothy. One commentator may say, Paul tells Timothy to remain steadfast in his ministry of preaching and teaching. He is to do this especially in the light of the fact that people will grow tired of some teaching and will surround themselves with teachers who tell them what they want to hear. The remedy to this is not to find a new and innovative ways of getting the message out. It is to endure patiently in the teaching and preaching ministry. This is the mean that God has ordained to bring sinners to repentance and to build up the saints in the faith. Paul was a very educated apostle. He knew the Old Testament very well. He was able to quote it in all his letters. And as a scholar of the Old Testament, he knew how many times God's people, the Israelites, had turned away from God, how many, many miracles God performed, how many miracles did God work to liberate his people from the Egyptians and from his enemies. And yet, shortly after saving them in, in, in from Egypt, while Moses was in Mount Sinai, receiving the tablets with God's commandments, what did the Israelites do? They turned their faces from God and grasped an idol, a golden calf, so they will have something to to bow down and worship. This wasn't a one-time offense. The Old Testament is full of examples of God's people turning away from Him time after time. And yet, our Lord, our God, He remained faithful in His promise. He remained faithful and his covenant with them and with us. It wasn't just the Israelites, brothers and sisters, con- who constantly turn away from God. We turn away from God in our lives as well. Sometimes we find it easier to trust in a bank account. They will prepare us for the future, then relying on God's provision that he will provide every single thing that we need. I'm not saying that we shouldn't work hard or prepare ourselves to be good stewards, but our faith should not be placed in any of these actions or their fruit, but rather our faith should be in God alone. Just as I mentioned before, that there are churches that don't preach the Bible at all. Sometimes the pulpits is used in the modern churches as a sounding board that simply tells people what they want to hear, whether that be a message of self-fulfillment, teaching that prosperity and financial well-being is God's wills for his people. And be so afraid to offend anyone listening to the message that the message actually becomes so watered down that it no longer presents the truth of the gospel. Many preachers sadly are afraid to address the topic of sin or even use the word sin for fear or of offending those people in their congregations. They adjust the message to the likes and dislikes of their audience and the hard truth that we are called to and the gospel left, are left behind. The gospel that the apostles preached right after Jesus left the earth is the same gospel that we must preach now. There is nothing That can be added. There is nothing that can be taken away from the gospel to make it applicable in our times, but rather it is in the faithful preaching of the message of salvation through Jesus Christ that the church will continue to have its foundation and see an ongoing world growth. Probably at this moment, if you are not a pastor, If you are not a teacher, you have been thinking and off the hook because this message is for those who are in charge of preaching the word in the pulpit. You might be thinking, Axel, you are preaching for yourself today. But no, this message is for you too. This message is for you because it's the message that Paul is entrusting Timothy is to proclaim the gospel, the good news of salvation, that Christ came, became a man, lived a life without sin, the life that you and I failed to live, that he died on the cross as a perfect sacrifice for our sin, And after three days, he rose again. And now he's sitting at the right hand of God the Father, mediating for you and for me. This charge applies to you and applies to me. It applies to all of us, calling us to be ready and willing to share the gospel at any time with anyone around us whenever the opportunity arises. I'm gonna close with this um, quote from Pastor Ligon Duncan. This passage contains an explicit exhortation from the Apostle Paul to Timothy, and the applications to minister and to all who preach and teach the gospel are obvious. But I want to encourage you, my friends, that this passage is used as practical, just as applicable, just as important just as relevant to you as it is to those who preach and teach the word of God. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that you will help us to be ready to preach your word in season and out of season. Help us to be faithful and to be patient. Keep us grounded in your true word so that we might not be swayed by false teaching. We pray all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.